You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. I hope you are fasting. Let them ask you, but let them give you testimonies. Uh, someone sent me a message, I think I can't remember the other day, and said, oh, she didn't know that cereal had a smell. That she, she got into the office and someone was having cereal. And they just, <laughs> it was offending her soul. <laughs> but then the social media fast has also been very interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. So I didn't know how wired I was in terms of when I use my device, because when I now, so I logged out of quite a number of the apps, and so I take my device and my fingers, not my heart, not my soul, not my spirit, my fingers tap on Instagram. But luckily, I logged out, so it's um, um, but it's it's been good, and it's not just what you are keeping away from that is important. It's uh, who you are pressing into. Okay, you're giving me baritone. My voice is not like this. <laughs> Okay, it's who you are pressing into. So it's very important that you also spend time in prayer at this season. There's one more day to go. It's tomorrow. Saturday is optional. Sunday is between you and God. You just, but you can keep on pushing the fast as you want. But there's tomorrow to go, and I'd like us to trust God for great things. Okay, so I want to speak tonight, and I will continue. It's unlikely that I will finish the... Um, the discussion today, so I'll finish it next Thursday. Um, just something that's been on my heart for a while. By the way, there's someone who just needs to know that God loves you. I'm not sure who you are. I'm not sure why. Okay. <laughs> he just wanted me to tell you that um, he loves you. Um, yeah, I'll start from Isaiah 53, because that's what I felt impressed to do. I'm going to try and push it into my message. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? I can tell you later how about the scripture, but I like that challenge. That um, it says, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? I am, now there are a couple of people in this church who are dreamers. So they have dreams, powerful dreams. I'm not going to mention their names. But... Um, um, you know people who tell you, how does it, when I dream, it comes to pass, right? Anybody like that here? I mean, any dreamers? Talk about raise your hand. Who else? <laughs> okay. And I'm not exactly a dreamer. Uh, if I'm not a dreamer, I'm very, I think I've not reached that level of spiritual maturity yet. But I'm very, and I'm very big on sleep. So... <laughs> I think mean, God is still working on me to be able to interrupt my sleep and give me relevant dreams. Okay? I'll get there. But when I then have certain dreams, what happens is that the way I know or perceive, let me not say I know, that God is speaking to me is the fact that the dreams literally grip my soul. I cannot forget it there. And there's a dream I think I've had like twice. Um, and in that dream... Uh, this is a long time ago, by the way. In that dream, um, we were, there was war in our country. <laughs> and so, 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 which is why if you ever hear me pray about Nigeria, I'm very passionate. Um, because I always used to wonder whether that meant that we would come into a civil war at some time. I always used to wonder about it. And it was interesting how when I started 
you know, preparing and praying for the message, that dream came back to mind. Um, and so what happens is that there's often times, and there is now, ongoing warfare that we do not necessarily recognize. Uh, and that hopefully is context. So there is warfare. And I could never forget those dreams because I, I woke up with a deep sense of, you know, just the whole notion of warfare. And it never, so I always thought it was political and about our country. And as I prepared for this, it just struck me that perhaps God had been trying to draw my attention to this. So, so the title of this discussion is The Lifestyle of a Warrior. And I said to the leaders, I think I probably said, I think this perhaps is one of the most important messages I will preach this year. It doesn't mean it's one of the nicest messages, no, but it does mean it's very important. It's the kind of message that if you take notes, please take notes, because it's really something to reference over time, and God will help us in Jesus' name, okay? Um, so, um, when we talk about, where do we start? Warrior or lifestyle? Warrior or lifestyle? Lifestyle. Lifestyle matters, okay? And lifestyle simply talks about interests, opinions, behaviors of an individual or a group or culture. Okay? We all have different lifestyles. Oh, we all have different lifestyles. There's the lifestyle of the rich. There's the lifestyle of the rich and famous. Those are the people we see on Instagram. They show us that they're pregnant. Eight million of us like it. I don't know why. <laughs> I held back my like <laughs> on that particular one. There's the lifestyle of the almost rich, but famous. There's the lifestyle of the almost famous and almost rich. There are different types of lifestyles. The Bible will speak about Jesus and says Jesus as his custom was. So Jesus had a lifestyle. When you read through Psalm 1, it says, Blessed am I for... I walk under the counsel of the ungodly, and so on and so forth. Speaks about a lifestyle. Your lifestyle is extremely important. All right. So help me ask your neighbor today: What is your lifestyle? What is your... Help me ask them seriously: What is your lifestyle? Let me ask the other neighbor: Have you joined Bad Gang? <laughs> because I heard because I heard that song recently. I was talking about lifestyles, and I like just love the things he was describing. Okay. So, <laughs> but um. So, so we talk about Jesus, the Lamb of God who was crucified before the foundations of the world. When you read Revelations 19, verses 11 to 16, I read to your hearing, it says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and in his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but himself. And he was clothed on a vest with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, and that with it he should smite the nations, and he should rule them with a rod of iron." And he treaded the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the Almighty God. And he had on his vesture and on his tie a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. 
Bible says, in righteousness he doth judge and make war. When you read Revelations 3.21, one of the things Jesus says there, he says, to him that overcomes, will I grant to sit with me on the throne. He says, even as I also overcome. So, first thing to lay in this series of discussion is that there's ongoing warfare and that as Christians, we are called to be soldiers or warriors. Now this for you know this is this is interesting. Uh, the whole concept of being called a warrior. Um, uh, I don't know if anybody here had the privilege to go to like an army school when they were anybody. Oh, one, two, okay. Boy Scout doesn't count. No, sorry. <laughs> a proper army school. And where they're preparing people, and I'm going to call one or two of you if you went to, I'm just to tell us your story, just, just hold on. Um, because um, even from natural things, and, and Jesus, when he teaches, he teaches a lot from natural things, right? Even from natural things, you understand that there's a difference between how warriors or soldiers are raised and trained and the way non-warriors are trained. Um, and and I, I, in fact, so this is me trying to, when I look at my, all my examples, I have a couple in mind. One is Kung, Kung Fu Panda, right? I've been trying to, I'm trying to hold back not to use that too early in the message. All right? Um, oh, Tim, Paul says something interesting to Timothy, and I just mentioned this to us. In 2 Timothy 2, he says, Second uh, Timothy 2, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 3 to 4, he says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Uh, that scripture in the Amplified Translation says, Take with me your share of hardship, passing through the difficulties which you are called to endure. Like a good soldier of Christ Jesus, no soldier in active service gets entangled in the ordinary business or affairs of civilian life. He avoids them so that he may please the one who enlisted him to serve. Okay? Um, and, and that scripture I would you know, explain again next week. But if we are called to be soldiers or warriors, I mean, I don't need to go far to tell that a lot of us did not receive military training just yet. Okay? Um, we, were, we were in the leaders' meeting, I think a couple of weeks ago, and, um, and we, there was a, we had a visitor. Just some small, casual animal or insect. Well, it's more of an animal than an insect, which scampered through the room. I won't call the name of the leaders, but how people, spiritual people, talking about, were running out of the room. <laughs> I knew they didn't have military training. I didn't go anywhere. I stood. I stood. <laughs> Even some men were running, but, <laughs> but a lot of us don't have military training already. So, um, 
I, I like how, you know, but so Jesus is a warrior. We're called to be warriors. But I like how Paul begins to say to Timothy that there is a different type of lifestyle. He begins to say there is a civilian lifestyle. And then there's the lifestyle of a soldier or a warrior. And that is what I really want us to examine together. Why is this important? Um, it's important because if there's a war going on and you show up as a civilian, behave as a civilian, the odds are that you will get hot. So there's a big war going on. Then you take your phone and say, oh, I'm going to take a selfie. Right? Or I just like the way the band, the music the band is playing. Let's just go, shall Let's go on. Or I hear my friend is in the war front. I just want to go and greet him. It's been long. Chinedu is in the war front. And so there's an, a level of casualness. Oh, if that's a word. I'm not sure that's a word. Is that, is that an English word? It's not an English word. Okay, sorry. What's the word? Casuality. <laughs> there's a level of being casual that we cannot permit if we're going to be successful Christians. And it goes to the very core of what God has put in my heart about this season. So we're talking about spiritual warfare. And I realize we can talk everything about spiritual warfare. But that if we do not invest as Christians in the lifestyle that differentiates being a soldier from being a civilian, that we might be casualties. That's the correct word. Okay, good, good. I'm happy. All right, so, so there's a bit of introspection. just want to put this all out there and I'll try and put sense to it. So... Um, the first thing I have noted about being a soldier, uh, being a warrior, the lifestyle of a warrior, is what I call spiritual fitness. Now, we all know what it means to be fit physically. I mean, you see those people running on the Koye Bridge every morning in their bright yellow things, just showing off. Um, but you know what it means to be, to be fit even if you don't know, have a personal experience of it, you have heard what it means to be fit. Okay? And some of us are more fit than others. Okay? Um, years ago, when we lived in Antony, on Saturday mornings, I would wake up and I would walk from my house in Antony to Allen in Ikeja. It took me about an hour and a half or so. And then I would uh, take a taxi back home. But, no, I tried. But, but it was, what was interesting was that um, once in a while, um, Ogo, my wife, will come with me. And I cannot tell you how many times I used to complain. You are dragging me back. Let's walk faster. Let's walk faster. Yeah, I'm telling you. To be, and if she's here, she will tell you. And I used to do that. Used to be like my, and what I used to try and do was to extend it. So I would get to Okwebi. Then I said, next time to Allen. In my mind, I wanted to be able to walk all the way to Ojodu one Saturday morning. Fast forward a couple of years, somebody misled Ogo. I started running. <laughs> and um, so I started with this 10K race. The 10K, 10K, run 10K. That's, 10K is uh, 10 kilometers. I didn't say anything. Then, half marathon. I can't remember where they went. They did half marathon. I didn't say anything. Then, one day, she said she was going to run a full marathon. Well, as a loving husband, I've supported her over the years, coached, given her commentary. But Ogo has become extremely fit. Okay, I like sports. But I, 
I'm honest with you, I cannot run 10K. <laughs> Except it will be like my body will be running and my, the rest of us, my spirit and soul will wait. I can't run 10K. I, don't, I just can't understand. I usually say, look, why, where are we running to? What's the, you know, it's either something is pursuing us or we're pursuing something. Otherwise, we're not going anywhere. I can't run. I play tennis like twice a week or thrice a week, but I can't run. I am not that fit. If we say everybody here now, we should all come out and just take a casual jog. Some people, before we even get to lucky one, will look for convenient reasons. They say, we are coming. Some people, <laughs> some of the, I mean, the fit fan people will tell you, ah, we're just warming up. Let's even do this to Musan. Let's go all the way, you know. There's some people who are very excited. And it's about fitness. So, so spiritual fitness. And how do you raise soldiers? Warriors, and I'll bring it home to scripture very soon. The first time you, I mean, and you know this from what you've heard, is that you immediately take you through a regimen that guarantees that you are fit. So, what does it mean to be fit spiritually? If I help me ask the person next to you, are you fit? If I tap the person, I tell you, I don't think you are fit. <laughs> okay. What does it because we can prove what it means to be fit physically. If anybody say I'm fit, I'm fit, say okay, let's go out. Let's let's run. Yeah? I remember I used to try and run four hundred meters when I was in secondary school. I would start very fast. Like flash. <laughs> then around after like hundred meters, my body will now instruct itself. <laughs> They're not paying us for this. <laughs> but I never I don't think I ever finished the thing. Like, I, my philosophy was, let's start fast. At least let them know that sometime in the race, I was ahead. <laughs> you know? But we never... Like, but to run for 100... You know when you see, when you see them all go running? Eh? This is who running. In fact, you know it's all guys' feet. Eh? When last race I followed her to run, you will see these people from Kenya. Hmm? Those was when they finished the race. They all go like in the middle. They finished the race. They've got to the hotel. They've changed. They all go still in the middle of the race. They're still, uh, God help me. This one has changed. They say, ah, the race was good. They've changed. They've come down to the lobby of the hotel. Even the warm-up exercises that those guys were doing, if I try it, I'll be tired. Just the warm-up before the race starts. And I'm not joking. Those guys do the race in two hours. It's 42, 40 something kilometers. They do it in like two hours. Two hours. Okay? There are different levels. of How do you maintain fitness spiritually. And this is important because it's at the core. So I'm only talking about two things today. One is spiritual fitness and the other one is the development of stamina and endurance. These two things make a huge difference about whether you are living a civilian Christian life or you're living as a Christian warrior. Very important. Okay? So um, what did I... So the note I made about spiritual fitness is as follows, that Christ, warriors in, in, in Christendom develop spiritual fitness by A, gaining dexterity in the study and the handling of God's word. Dexterity is a long word, but it means you are dexterous. It means you know how to handle it, right? Um, and I'll come back to that. By B, deepening our love walk. C, <laughs> this feels like an exam, I'm so sorry. 
remaining increasingly fervent in spirit and prayer while applying our hearts, gifts, and resources towards service to God and mankind. Okay? So I asked Caleb, everybody knows Caleb, right? I asked Caleb to draw what I had said down. Now between Caleb and Wumi, they have then come up with this format, which, okay, thank you. So, um, how do you, developing, becoming a Christian warrior, the lifestyle of a warrior, maintaining spiritual fitness. And how do I maintain spiritual fitness? How do I maintain spiritual fitness? One is dexterity in the study and handling of the word. B, service to God and mankind. Fervency in prayer and in the spirit. Developing depth in your love walk. And I'll tell you, I'll just talk through them very quickly. And I, I pray that you will introspect. I pray that you would hear something from God, okay? Now, I'll start with, um, let me start with uh, dexterity in the study and handling of the word, okay? There's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 5, which kind of pens this in great light. Hebrews 5, 12 to 13. So, Paul there says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, because, I'm reading the Amplified Translation, because of the time you have had to learn this truth. He says, you actually need someone to teach you again the elementary principles of God's word from the beginning. And you have come to be continually in need of milk, not solid food. He says, for everyone who lives on milk is doctrinally inexperienced and unskilled in the word of righteousness, because he is a spiritual infant. I like those words there. It says, doctrinally inexperienced and unskilled in the word of righteousness, uh, because he is a spiritual infant. I'm trying to figure out what things people get dexterity on. I mean, um, for example, I mentioned that I play tennis. Um, I started playing tennis about two years ago. In my mind, I thought, she's racket, ball, you hit the ball, it goes over. I said, so I told the coach, I've, I've played table tennis before. I've played table tennis in Benin, for that matter. And I said, oh, it's fine, it's not word. I said, you come for a lecture, whatever you call it. Um, I think by the second, third class, I felt it was a mixture of embarrassment, annoyance, worry, despair. Because the things they take you through when you are learning how to play tennis as an adult, a grown man, you know, just the, so there are things which, in fact, the one time he would, and he probably used to see the, uh, the way I used to react when he would ask me to do certain exercises. For some, and I don't, <laughs> some he would ask you to just, you know, there's some jumping thing that you'd be doing around the court. And on the next court, they're actually playing, no. Adults are playing. Then you are just jumping like this, you know? And you have to jump around like this. He says, You help you footwork. My man, like, what footwork, man? Let's go and play. He will teach you backhand, and they will teach you. And they are not, so when you see them playing tennis, you just, they hit the ball, you know, and they hit it. Okay, you can already see that I have game now. You can see that's my hand movement, yeah? You think it's just like that? No, sir. There are steps that under, there are steps one, two, three, and you have to learn it. Me, after a while, I jumped out of the process. I said, this one I've done now, I can use to hit the ball. And, I've, and 
But you, what happens when you then go out to play a real game? Your actual dexterity shows. In fact, when you play with someone in tennis, okay, it doesn't take time before you realize where they are strong and where they are not strong. And, and so, you know, in the Hebrews, he talks about people who are doctrinally inexperienced and unskilled in the word of righteousness. So that is first, that is, so this is, when you go to boot camp as a Christian soldier, one of the fundamental things that needs to happen, and there are too many mature Christians, mature quote and unquote, who do not have depth in scripture. Zero depth. Okay? And, and this is what I mean. So, so we've tried to reduce the truth to one-liners. But, but the truth is, is a whole body. Right? And, and so one of the things that must happen if you are going to be fit spiritually is that you must get to a place where you understand. In fact, I think it's in Hebrews, same place there, where he begins to talk about what he calls the foundational doctrines. And so without going into them tonight, my question is, do you even know them? He talks about being skilled in the word of righteousness. What is the word of righteousness? Help me ask your neighbor, Joe, what is the word of righteousness? And, and this is important because we are called to be Christian soldiers having been fit, right? Spiritual fitness. And, 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 so, and so if you, so it's, you know, it's, so what happens is that they are the casual social scriptures. And I use that like social scriptures. Say unto the righteous, it is well. Some people have never seen that scripture in the Bible before. But they know it's a scripture. So we can tweet it, can quote it conveniently. Um, in fact, what used to happen, what I found out, and I have to walk very fast tonight, was that you would, one way you would know if you had become fit as you're, you're gaining fitness and you're skilled in the word of righteousness, uh, you're doctrinally experienced, one way to know is that when you quote scriptures, you understand them in context. So you don't just take a line, right? And just repeat it and repeat. You understand what the scripture was saying before and after it. I give you an example. When in university, we used to say, um, I'm the memory of the righteous is blessed. Remember, and we used to talk about it with respect to our memory. My memory is blessed. I cannot forget anything. I will cram. I will not forget. I will not cram. I will not forget. And, and then one day, I was reading scripture and I realized, oh wow, they were talking about when the righteous dies. His memory is blessed. <laughs> so I remember not the, the memory, the way you remember so I remember telling my pastor ah, pastor, this is what they are talking about oh. you are reading your bible now hey, I'm telling you, pastor, follow me. I can't forget this and it struck me how that you can just and, and there's nothing wrong with if you were even going to quote it and reappropriate it at least know that you have taken it out of context. Take permission from God, who is the writer. At least, and when you now even say it with boldness before people, you say, I know I'm quoting out of context, but it's consistent with God's promises, so my memory is blessed. I will not forget. But for you to be boldly saying, the Bible says, my memory is blessed. My mom, that is not how, that is not, it's not what Paul refers to in Hebrews 5 as doctrinal experience and skillfulness in handling the word of truth. So that's number one. In fact, um, I, I put a note here that says that Christian soldiers must develop the ability to memorize scripture. To memorize scripture. 
uh, myself and Ogo were driving, uh, I can't remember where we were going to, and a song came up on the radio. The song was the song, one of those songs they used to sing when I was much younger. Um, a song, a band called Arrested Development. Before there was the band, Arrested Development. People don't know it. Are you joking? Talk about you know it. We will know it. We're age mates. <laughs> Deepo, you know it now. Ah, Deepo. <laughs> Deepo, Mr. Window, Mr. Window. Deepo, you're a rap star. I know you. But <laughs> you used to <laughs> I'm not calling you, Caleb, you cannot know that song. <laughs> okay, but, but let me tell you what was puzzling about this. There's a good song. It's Mr. Windle, uh, uh, a man with dignity, da, 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 da. What was puzzling? Well, I haven't heard that song in years. We're just driving. And then the song came on. And then I was rapping. My, I was, I, my wife was impressed. I was just rapping one line after the other, you know? And of course, I, I could remember. I think it was towards the end I told God, ah. <laughs> But when it now comes to memorize scripture, like, ah, uh, uh, what is it? <laughs> it's in the Bible here now. We can always Google and bring it up. Why, why put it? But, 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 so I said to my notes, a Christian warriors in developing fitness, spiritual fitness, must, even if they have to use music to do it, must, must imbibe that culture of putting scripture within their hearts, deep within their hearts. Now, you know that um, and I'll talk about this one very quickly. You know there's a strong relationship between diet and exercise. To achieve fitness, there is a strong relationship between diet and exercise. So there's the diet of a warrior. When the, in the Chinese films or whatever films you watch, or Kung Fu Panda, when the man goes to the master and says, Master, they've destroyed me. And I want to, be, I want to learn. The master says, no, I cannot teach you. You go. And then, and then you know, he, he follows the master into the bush. Master! And he stays overnight. You know? And they rain. And then the master looks out. Says, ah, oh, you really want to learn. <laughs> I teach you. Follow me. <laughs> you know? And then he gives him a log of wood. But what happens is that he then gives him excellent... You don't, you don't have this... There's exercises. So you see the next couple of scenes are the ones where they show the warrior being trained. So it is the word, you know. He wakes up in the morning. You can see him jogging and all that stuff that you have to do to be fit. But on the other hand, because you know you can be doing all that jogging and everything, but that if you do not maintain the right type of diet, in fact, if it's the right Chinese movie, you would even see where the master refuses for him to eat particular types of things. So your, your diet matters. Your diet matters. And um, people who either do the race like them or, go do or coach them like I do will tell you that even the day before the race, there's something, a couple of days before, there's something they call cable loading. So in fact, if you go to a proper marathon, they will say everybody who's running and registered should come. We have a pasta party. They will go and just be eating. I'm telling you. I know they're not doing it in the, what we do here yet, but don't worry. It will come. But my point is, so, so when it comes to exercise, um, a Christian warrior gains um, the benefits of exercise by service to God and mankind. And so it is difficult for me to relate with Christians who cannot serve God. It is I cannot understand it. 
Because what it is, is that your muscles are not being exercised. And what happens when you serve God? What happens when you serve in church, when you serve people? Firstly, you realize that this, not everybody's born-again process is progressive. You become annoyed. I've seen people in church before just say, I cannot understand what these people in the communications team are doing. In fact, they are, my, my, they are trying to bring out something in me, P.I., that's not, I thought was gone. You know? <laughs> and you know, because, you know, when we come here, we're all singing, we're all doing like it's fine. But then we say, go and sing a song. And you're all learning. After like two hours, somebody is still not getting the tenor part properly. After I just say, look, Falabi, I don't know what's wrong with you. But this, I follow like, how, what do you mean? And what happens is that in the close contact, you begin to realize the parts of you that actually need to be refined. I, I don't know how many of the guys here, and, and I say that respectfully to the ladies, because I know you guys all do press-ups, but I don't know how many of the guys here can do 100 press-ups. Just raise your hand, let me see. We'll come out and do it. <laughs> I saw the guy raising his hand. Ah, it's okay, it's okay, I respect you. Don't worry. Sorry, God bless you. You are showing off now. But the rest of Falabi, can you do 100? Falabi, you do 100. If you do 100, I do 150. <laughs> what is it? What is it? You can sing, you can sing. I respect that. All you make, you can do 100. But, but so, so when you extract yourself from service in the house of God, essentially you're not allowing yourself to be exercised. You are not allowing yourself to be exercised. So when we serve, so service in the kingdom is the exercise of our faith, is the exercise of the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, service to God is training in character. Um, one question, and I just go back to the whole discussion about diet, is that the diet of a soldier or a warrior is heavier on functionality than it is on what is appealing to the taste buds. So if you go to any barracks, and as you enter, you just see you know, this large tray of chocolates, then an ice cream machine, then them roasting chicken in the corner. It's not a barracks. And I'm serious. And it's not because they do not like those things. It's just because they don't take it. But what it is is that there is a focus on that which actually builds. Um, prayer. This is interesting. Like I said, for me, this message is fundamental and important, right? Because there is a clear differentiation between what we call civilian Christians, quote and unquote, and warrior Christians. Prayer. I like how Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, one of the first scriptures that we, we read and read and read as we started Life Point Church, it says, with all prayer and petition, with specific requests at all times, on all locations, and in every season in the Spirit. But with all prayer, praying in the Spirit, with all types of prayer. He says, and with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer for all of God's people. So there's a way that your prayer life, and um, at various times we've talked about prayer, I won't dwell about it on, on it too much tonight, but I want to just... And so, prayer is not about just about requests. So your prayer life is not, it's not even just about your quiet time. You know, because I, I know we've, we, the Bible says to pray without season. So it's beyond just quiet time. 
It's, I like the way, I think it's in James, where it talks about the effectual, fervent prayer. So there is a prayer life that can be fervent. And you know what fervency means? Fervency does not mean shaking your head when you pray. No. It doesn't necessarily mean that you must achieve the depths of passion that Nene does when she prays. When everybody knows Nene, if you don't know Nene, you're not you're just coming to this church. But when Nene is praying, even I, the pastor, am afraid. <laughs> One time she was praying, and it was last Sunday. Go to a point of the prayer. If you don't have any prayer point, just be watching us. <laughs> don't pray for yourself. Just, if you don't have any prayer, just pray. <laughs> even me at the pastor, like, ah, ah, sister, take it easy Sunday. <laughs> you know. But but there's fervency in prayer. Fervency means that it has is the fact that it is hot. There's something like when they tell you don't touch that wire. You know when it's, you know if you're in the house and you say, ah, don't we want to cross there, please don't touch that wire. You know your mind, what registers is that this. There's current, right? Uh-huh. That's fervency, sir. So when we talk about spiritual fitness, you know, it's a mix of these things. It's fervency in the place of prayer. And because I've been born again a little while, I know what it means to have a fervent prayer life and what it means not to have one. And there have been seasons in my life when there was no fervency, sir. Okay? And there have been seasons, and I know what it means. But the thing is that, especially in the times that we are in, and for the purpose of maintaining spiritual fitness, we must develop dexterity in the study and the handling of God's word. We must remain fervent in the spirit and prayer. And we must find... <laughs> Depth in our love walk. A couple of days ago, I think it was, I, was, I can't remember where I was, and I wrote this note down. Love is the greatest discipline. I don't, you know, one of the things just landed in my heart, I just wrote it down. Love is the greatest discipline. And it was later as I prepared for the message, I began to realize what I was trying to say, and what, you know, what had been impressed in my heart. You know, uh, sometimes when you want to be fit, and you have plenty of money, you get a trainer. Yeah? I don't understand why you now get somebody to be shouting at you in the morning. You know, tough, you're now jogging on the bridge. Jog, you can do it. You can do it. It's lots of money. And if anybody has openings for a trainer, I can train. <laughs> but I will just drive, I will drive along with you. <laughs> okay? But um, the, uh, the, the response to building a love walk, eh, it will discipline your flesh, it will bring you to the place of, it will stretch your spiritual muscles like nothing else will. And, and, I, and, I, and I tell you, for example, do you know how, how interesting it can be to apologize sometimes? Sometimes when, you know, maybe myself and Ogo have had a conversation that was not, wasn't a quarrel, but I had opinion, she had opinion, I said something, she said something, okay. Um, she didn't recognize the fact that I was a pastor. She now said another thing. Okay. <laughs> so the thing is now, everybody's now, so you now get up. <clears throat> I've, I've gone. I've gone. You now go your own way. Do you know what it takes to get up and say, uh, <laughs> because you know, in between the period when you arrive there, you are hoping, 
touch her, Lord. Let her come and meet me and apologize. Let's move on in this relationship. But of course, she will not be hearing the spirit. And then, <laughs> but but you, so you are waiting. Then you know, ah, I'm a pastor. I have to preach on Sunday. Lest I'm preaching, angel comes and say, you did not forgive your wife. Come out of there, you know. So you're like, ah, oh, God, I have to walk in love. I have to walk in love. Hmm, okay. Look, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know there's a way you can apologize that. <laughs> they know that it's not, it's not you that's apologizing. It's the God in you that's apologizing. <laughs> I just want you to know I'm sorry. <laughs> okay? And, but you see, they, you are carrying, you are carrying things. You are shedding fat. You are toning your muscles when you walk in love. When there's hot gossip about somebody and you know that you have the authentic hot gossip. The authentic, and then you are now in a meeting where people are putting the version they have and you know that this thing you have, you put it on the table. My God! They will respect you. They will know that you have it. <laughs> You know there's some gist you can put on the table. You're like, ah, <laughs> we didn't know. Are you serious? Two babies. Ah. He said, the baby mama, look, I have her on my DP. This is her. This is the real baby mama. This is this is. You know the way they when they live there. It's because what happens is that you have become the reference. They say we're from an authentic source. And then when they need somebody to tell them later, you they'll call you. Did you hear about Anna? Do you have any information? But but the Christian exercise of love to be able to resist. And hold that information because you do not love does not speak evil. It is it is building muscles. I mean, I didn't gain my six pack by by accident, too. Ah, uh, no, people, no, 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 no. You see me like this with my six pack. It didn't come by confession. <laughs> it was by exercise. <laughs> no, but I really do have. Okay, five. Let's 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 call it spade a spade. Okay. And I'm more muscular than Falabi and Caleb. Okay, let's, but, but, and, and so what I find, what I find is that there are Christians who keep avoiding the gym of love. It just, I, I, I see this, so somebody has done something wrong. And you avoid it. You wait, wait, wait until the person moved by the Holy Spirit comes to apologize for what you did that you were wrong. And there is no way that a Christian goes through all this and does not come to the place of fitness. I like that scripture in Romans chapter 12, um, where it says, I think it's Romans 12, 11, it says, not lagging in diligence, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. And, and so, Spiritual fitness is, is the first, it's first base. Spiritual fitness is first base for in the lifestyle of a warrior. Do I think that a lot of people here are going to be successful in life? And it's my prayer. But in terms of the kind of success that God wants from your life, it is not possible without you fighting, without you 
living the lifestyle of a world. It is not possible. It is not possible. I probably try and explain this. Again, I'm going to read 2 Timothy 2, 3, and then I'll move to the next point. We'll probably come back uh, and try to round up. 2 Timothy 2, 3 to 4 says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Somebody says, well, that, that's, not, that's not right. Why should you? What, what is hardship? I bind that. I, I reject it in Jesus' name. It's a negative confession. And the verse 4 says, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life so that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Again, I'll read the Amplified. It says, take with me your share of hardship, passing through the difficulties which you, were called to, which you are called to endure, like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service gets entangled in the ordinary business or affairs of civilian life. He avoids them so that he may please the one who enlisted him. I'm going to end tonight. I'm going to talk about stamina very quickly, but I'm going to end in that discussion about entanglement. I, oh, by the way, if you never come to Thursday service before you came because I asked you to come on Sunday, thank you. God will honor you in Jesus' name. But help me, I shake somebody next to me. Boy, are you fit? Are you, are you fit? Nene, are you fit? I know you can pray, but... <laughs> but how do, you, how do you know when people are fit or not? Sometimes my office is on the 13th floor of a building. Sometimes they say, maybe not some, it doesn't really happen in my office anymore. But you know the kind of place where in those they say, oh, the lift is not working. Some people say, that's the end. I'm not going to work. <laughs> Uh, it's not working, it's not working. What can we, I can't kill myself, 13th floor. And not, coming down is easy. It's going up. You know, by when you're on floor two, everybody's still farming and fit farm. Then by like floor five, your true self starts to come. <laughs> by seventh floor, I'll be hearing people breathing. <laughs> and I've tried to climb it once in a while. But what happens to Christian warriors and spiritual fitness is that it shows over time. It shows over time. And where God is calling us as a people, as a church, as a generation to, we need to be fit so that by the time we're on the 8th, ninth, 10th floor, we're still going on. And so for me, it's a charge to us as a church. Please, don't, there's, don't, this is not a social journey. It's not a social journey to be a Christian. It's one of utmost importance. Okay. Endurance. Still there. So next Thursday we'll do two more. And if you were here, please try and come next Thursday. Please. Endurance, stamina. Endurance and stamina. And it kind of follows through from what you know, we've been discussing about fitness. Because out of that whole discussion about fitness, exercise, and diet of a warrior, you begin to develop stamina. But I've asked myself a question here. How does God build staying power in our hearts? Um, how does God build staying power in our heart? Look, and I say this with all respect. You know, because so one of the things I used to do was counsel couples for marriage. I used to say, look, come. That's 
our parents went through stuff in their marriages, in their families. The things my parents went through when they were married, and my parents are happily married now. Ah! No, we don't do, we cannot. We, our generation cannot handle. And, and some of you know the things your parents went through, you know. Because if it happens to us in our generation, we tweet about it. Then we get an Uber and we head off into the sky and sunset. But I find that our generation is very quick to sit down. I find it, and it's puzzling for me. I find that, uh, hmm. okay, let me, you know, last week we had this unfortunate incident in Lagos where a gentleman committed suicide. And there's been a lot of talk about people who are depressed, people who are sad, depressed. And, I, and God sees my heart. In fact, I, I know, I've been, you know I've been that sad before in life, and I know how painful and isolated you can feel. But you know, at some point in the week, I realized that, you know, if you meet a medical person, practitioner or somebody who in that field, you know they don't put labels on people very quickly. So they don't, you don't go into the band and say, oh, you're schizophrenic. Go. No, they don't do that. And I realized that in our generation, we're so quick to put labels on ourselves. And because the reason they don't do that is because you start to respond to the label that has been put on you. And so I find that our generation is finding it hard to differentiate between being sad I've been depressed. And so many people are like, I'm depressed. Why? I said, I lost. They were going to lose. They, you knew they were going to lose. I, your pastor told you they were going to lose. You supported them. Now you say you're depressed. What kind of depression? Do you have shares? No. <laughs> you bought a fake Jesse. And you put your name. What? Change by another Jesse. By Chelsea. Let's move on. All right? But I find that because we lack staying power and fight. And one of the things that, you know, that. The, one of the behavioral orientations of a warrior, a Christian warrior, a good soldier of our Lord Jesus Christ, is the ability to have staying power. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The Bible doesn't say that all things will be good. It doesn't say that. It says all things will work together for your good. How does God build staying power in our heart. I heard the scripture this morning. I was so thrilled. The Bible says in Psalm 23, he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So I said the Christian warriors develop stamina by growing and protecting their faith in trust and trust in God through trials, trying seasons, past mistakes, experiences, and victories. You know, um, they tell you that when they're training, I think it's the Marines in America, that one of the things they must do, and you can go and check this, I think it's, is that for a period, I think it's for either, I think it's 42 hours or 72 hours, 48 or 72, I think 72 hours, they keep them awake. So you don't sleep. So just imagine yourself training, training, training. Say, okay, ah, we've got to this part of the training. We're not going to sleep. Oh. Day one, day two, and I think maybe into the third day. You know, by day two, you're <laughs> you start hallucinating a little. By day three, all your 
I don't, I don't know how, I don't even know how. But I was asking myself, why do they put them through such a drill? It's very simple. Because when you go to war in the mountains of Afghanistan, you're not going to tell someone, oh, enemies, wait. We are going to sleep now. Come back around 6.30. We shall fight to the end. No, it's not like, it's not, that's no, it's not a movie. Eh? Nobody's doing that with you. No, it's not, no, no. You, so, so I realized that they put them through that drill now so that if they ever have to be in that position. Now, so I said, and it struck me because, you know, I will read it very quickly. It struck me that, so what happens when, as Christians, sometimes we have to deal with negative circumstances is that sometimes it's not because God cannot change them in the middle of the night, but it's that through those circumstances, he's trying to build endurance in you. And you are binding those circumstances. Get out. And you should. But, but you see, when you read through, and there's loads of scripture for this. When you read through James chapter 1, for example, the Bible says to count it all joy. When you go through trials, and it begins to speak about the walk of patience. One translation says the walk of endurance. It says when it has had its full work in you, it says you will become mature. Your character would have developed. Because um, the preparation for battle is not done on the day of battle. It's not all those ones that people would say, yeah, yeah, I will beat you, I will beat you. Mm -mm, that's not battle. It's not those ones you used to do when you were younger. When you say, uh, cross this line. Cross, just, just cross this line. No, cross it, cross it. Uh, you've crossed it, eh? <laughs> okay. Uh, just touch me. Touch me. That's not, <laughs> that's not battle, sir. I like the scripture in Jeremiah 12 and verse 5. It says, if you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? It says, if you stumble in safe country, how will you manage in the tickets by the Jordan? One translation says, in the jungle. It says, if in plain fields you are stumbling, how will you manage in the jungle? And I feel a strong sense in my heart. But there are people now who, it, you know there's a battle. You know there's something happening. And you don't like how it is. You do, but, so people are circumventing the training that God has put in their lives. And it does not mean that you would legislate and say it is fine for me to go through negative circumstances. No. It is that you learn the lessons. Because some lessons, if you do not learn, you will stay in the same class. In fact, when you read James chapter 1, it says if you cannot develop endurance as a Christian, it says you cannot become mature. And so warriors must come to the place where they have developed endurance. And I don't know why they send the keyboardist up. I did not ask you to go up. Okay. That's Wumi's work. Sorry, I forgive you in Jesus' name. Play, play something. <laughs> They've started. <laughs> Let me say this. So what I find happening to in the boot camp, our Christian boot camps nowadays, is that people get upset. Why? I'm a Christian. I pay my tithe nine months out of twelve. I will come to church early. When people say we should fast, I fast one day out of three. Why are all these bad things happening? Why? 
And so they get frustrated. And so it's, it's amazing because God says, ah, it's an opportunity for him to learn and trust me. But he has stepped out of it. He's now wallowing in bitterness. Okay, change the situation. Okay, they change it. Say, but you remember he has to pass through this level. So they bring that circumstance again. It happens again. And when you pass one level, you go to another. I explain how a girl would do the 5K and then you would do the 10K and the half marathon and the full marathon. I don't, my God's grace, there's nothing after that. Even when you're running the marathon, when they start, they let the professionals start first. Because if you follow those Kenyan boys at their pace, the ambulance will carry you at some point. And I'm not joking. So there are different batches. You will see them. The people who are planning to do uh, three, two and a half hours, you see somebody will be holding it as a pacer. You guys will go. Three hours. Three and a half hours. Four hours. If you, by mistake, follow the wrong group. <laughs> well, you just slow down and join the next group. Proverbs 24 and 10 says, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. As James 1, 3, and 4 was referring to earlier, it says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. One translation says it produces endurance. Verse 4 says, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I used to say years ago about some battles you fight that by the time the victory comes, you are so worn out and you can't even enjoy the battle anymore. I was saying to myself that there's nothing as dangerous as a soldier who becomes fatigued on the battleground and how that God is trying to build endurance and staying power. That when you get to a place where you say, I am not giving up, that it doesn't matter what life throws at me. Because I understand who I am in Christ Jesus, I am not giving up. <laughs> as much... Ah, Father, thank you. As much younger, I know the number of times I just said, oh, I can't do it again. This is... Even as a Christian, I know how many times, one time I said, look, God, I know I can't. I give up. If I'm not going to just give up and go and start... Party. I will still be talking. I will still be in church, but I know I'm not going to heaven. I was very young. I remember saying that. I give up. I don't know what you've given up on, but God is. God, He's the one who is the coach. He's the one who is the. Uh, what do you call the person in charge of the boot camp? He's the one who is in charge. The commandant. The Bible says in First Thessalonians five twenty four that He who has called you is faithful, and He will do it. When I think of the army, and I talked about that dream that I've had twice in my life, about serious warfare, just a war in our country, I realized that that war is not going to start. It started a long time ago. Sometimes being able to take the difficult circumstances that have happened in your life, and look at them and say, you are just a gym. You are just um, equipment to develop me for the things that God has called me. It's a choice because you could either do that or you could say, oh my goodness, 
gather me a canopy. We're going to have a pity party. And what happens with the pity party is that after a while, your guests get tired. So it's either you look for new guests or you do it by yourself. Because people want a real party. So the building of endurance, and I speak tonight, I don't just speak to you guys, I speak to myself. The things that I sense that God wants to do in my life, in the life of my family, with us as a local church, my goodness, we need to let the warrior in us stand up. And perhaps this begins to explain some of the frustrations you feel in life. And it's because if you're not, it's like if you show up, <laughs> you know, they say you can't show up at a gun battle with a stick. You know? And how do you, so the cultivation of fitness as Christians is something that we must hold dear and dedicate time to. I'm going to round up tonight. Um, next week, I'll speak about um, the understanding of authority respect for company. I'll speak about our supply chain. I'll speak about discipline and moderation. And I'll speak about fighting. I'll speak about the rewards. How I many Jesus says, he says in Roman, in Revelations 3.21, he says, he who overcomes, he who overcomes, says, I think he says, I will give a crown. He says, as I have overcome, and it's important, it says, to him who overcomes, will I grant to sit with, the, with me in the throne, even as I have overcome. Um, we're not called to give up. We're not called to just be civilians. And there's a lifestyle. So entanglement, so it's literally rounding up. The plane is taxing, so you can put on your seat belts and sit down. We're, we're going to close now. So I like how Paul says, the soldiers do not entangle themselves with civilian affairs. I like it. You know this, uh, we like beard gang, beard gang. Me, I tried to do the beard gang thing last year. I did, I tried. It was coming out. But, uh, slow, slow. You saw me, Bradipo. It's not you think you were there, but why are you, <laughs> why are you falling my hand? Okay, but uh, you know that as a soldier, you can't just get up and say, ah, I like beard gang. This beard gang they're doing on Instagram, I want to do. They ain't having none of it. They're not having it. If I, one of the things we'll talk about next week is that the fact that warriors and soldiers have to understand and have the ability to hear the sounds of their formation. So if you're on war, there's this. And then the concept in the army about obedience. In fact, it's so extreme in the army. They tell you, once a superior officer says, do this. You know, we used to hear that thing about obey before complain. You don't even discuss. You just first obey. <laughs> you know, we Christians, now say, God, but why? <laughs> and so the picture that came to my mind when we talked about entanglement was if you take this strings that we use for knitting or for what do you call that thing? Crochet, knitting. Yeah. I, I grew up in Benin, but I know these things. Come on. 
it sometimes you can have strings of different colors. And when someone says, hey, please give me the blue string, it's a bit difficult because you can't just pull it out because it's entangled. It's gotten to the place where you can't, you can't just pull it out by itself. It's become weighed down. And so Paul says that as a good soldier of our Lord Jesus Christ, there's no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with civilian affairs. One of the things I would not do as we talk about the lifestyle of a soldier is that I'll try not to, of a warrior, I'll try not to prescribe to you and say, ah, warriors do not go clubbing. <laughs> because that one is between you and the Holy Spirit. Between you and the day you will show up at the club and the guy goes, life point, life point. <laughs> the bouncer, life point, a lovely service on Sunday. Even you yourself. We just arrange. You, you, you still go, because some of you are very bold, like you still enter, but the Spirit of God, I tell you, come out, let's, let's meet outside. <laughs> but, so that's not what we're, we're not going to, that's not, oh, should I, should I drink? <sighs> oh boy. I, I, but I love how scripture, that word, to be entangled. It, it speaks about, the, so, you know, it doesn't say you don't have any contact with civilian matters or affairs, but it says you cannot come to the point where you cannot function in your capacity because those things have tied you down. And I do not know what a civilian affairs to you. That one, I 100% believe the Holy Spirit will explain. And if he puts something in my heart, I will say. I love how Paul says... Endure hardship as a good soldier of our Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't write it. So it means that there's there's where you where, you know when you read through Paul's letters, you are amazed. He's like, guys, I have seen God. I have seen what God wants us to do, and nothing is holding us back. It's <laughs> okay. Tonight, um, as will be my charge next week. Um, I was just simply asking that we be mindful of the warrior within us. That you understand that God has called you to fight. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have run the race. I have fought the good fight. I have run the race. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Let's just pray tonight and we'll round up. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Just, just pray tonight. Spend the next couple of minutes in, in a bit of contemplative prayer tonight. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. My God, Maharabash Gebos, why don't you pray in the spirit if you can? Just pray in the spirit. Lebragadabasa Krabush Gelebakasta.
Bragadosh Kalabasata Rabagavas, the Librigadesh, Kepasu Fribegadalabas, Lahista Paragrosh, Lihifrabola Haria Vroshke de Bosla, Rabalaya Christopher Hadagadash, Ribagalabasata Rabagadabash, Kribosh, Kalibakalabagas, the Brigadeshka, Libokos Laharabagas, Brocola Kisa Mahia Kash, the Lihibaradabosh, Emagarabagadabosh, Kedibos. Ebagalabakasa pragadash librigede de boshata labakiasa pro de lekriboshke de bakayabanda harabasata. Someone needs to show up in God's presence and says, "Father, I'm ready to, <laughs> I'm ready to serve." And someone you know that you God has been calling you. He's been calling you. He's been calling you for a while. There's someone you know that you're, you've been hearing things in the spirit. You've been hearing things in the spirit. You've been feeling things in your heart. For someone you know God is seemingly pushing, you know it's time to move beyond just this unskillful. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.